said is you try to morph it and miss the other. Yeah, yeah, the game, the game. Actually, actually, you know what? We're already recording. Let's just do the intro. Hey, this is T. What's going on, Trevor? Go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Five dollars a month. Become a member. Get all the back episodes. Get access to the Discord voice and chat server and some other goodies. What I decide I'm going to start doing is I think I'm going to start doing the show notes as a um, premium uh, perk just because it slows down me getting the episodes out sometimes to do up all those show notes. Like, I feel like it's easier to give a short summary of the episode, get it out in the, on the free feed. And then, you know, have the show notes as like a separate thing available on the Patreon website, like patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. So that's something else that uh, I think we're going to um, offload to the Patreon. Cause that way I could take my time, get it out later and just bam, bam, just knock out the, um, episodes as we get them you know as aaron hands them off to us and um on that note we have d mills what's up mario i don't gotta call you d mills (laughs) they know what it is they know what it is hey what's going on everybody it's mario aka d mills you can find me on twitter at md mills 79 glad to be here yeah what do you think about that idea man i think it's probably easier to make it a separate post on the plus i'm not sure if people read all those show notes on their podcast listening device anyway you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah i don't i wonder how many actually read the show notes in the podcast when they get them sent to their phones and everything like that yeah yeah when you have to like look at it in the apple app or the or whatever podcast app you're reading like you know i feel like it's gotta be tough to look at it in there anyway plus plus also you know mm. i always wonder about the show notes because there's times where people keep asking me questions about stuff that's in the show notes like they'll be like you know mm. what was this and so it goes right in the show. So you notes. think it's a thing where nobody's really checking them out? I'm not or sure. The majority of people are not. Well, actually, actually, that's not true because there's times where I sit, where I put a placeholder because this is what I do sometimes, right? Sometimes I make a placeholder post where I'm like, "Show notes coming soon," and then people will um, get mad about that. Like, where's the notes? So I think I think like everything. This is a mix of everything, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, can't please everybody. Yeah, all yeah, the time, exactly. Man. So I think some people they don't read them at all. Some people look at them eagerly, but I think it'll be easier to just make them into like a premium uh, feature because because I, I think not a lot of people read them. I feel like the ones who do read them are like most of the hardcore listeners. And anyway, I will say that you know sometimes when you when you do something, it's hard to take it away. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been that way for the last what, two years now or whatever, however long we've been on. And, you know, some people will react a certain kind of way if we just take it away, like, how from how it's been. You know, it's, it's people are like that sometimes, man. I mean... Excuse me. You can complain at champagnesharks at gmail.com uh, <laughs> and, and let us know. I don't know. But, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the way I look at it like, is, is like this, right? The people who are going to complain means that they're not paying. So... Mm-hmm. What are they going to threaten us with? Like just not paying for longer, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and then the people who are paying are going to get the show notes. So you know what I'm saying? Like, like at the end of the day, we're giving a free service. Like, like, like mm-hmm. eating a free 99 podcast, and then you're getting mad that you're getting uh, less for free. I, I, I mean, but this is an age of entitlement. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you remember that one guy. You remember that one guy? I was going to roast him on the Champagne Sharks account. <laughs> <laughs> Which guy was that? There's, that one guy. there's so many said, roastable uh, people. Oh my god! Yeah, he said um, I was listening to the podcast, but uh, the rest of the episode was hidden hidden behind a, a paywall. And then he said, 
too much free information out there to be paying for that. I'm like, man, if you don't get your oh, cheap wait, ass oh, out of here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is this the is this the first guy that said that, or is this because there was somebody when the show first started? They were like, you know, they were like bigging up the podcast in my DMs, and, and then they're like, I don't know, but five dollars a month though. That seems no, no, not that. Not that yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, that, not that guy. I was this like, how you gonna yeah. how you gonna come my DMs complimenting me and then complaining about. Five dollars is too much, and, and I hate to say, it, but I knew the guy was black, man. And, and, and he was. Yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, because I think he said something like, "But you know, we got to support our people, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock it out. So I'm a sacrifice." <laughs> like, okay. Actually, I don't even know if he bought. Did, did he end up paying? I don't even remember. <laughs> I, if I, if it's who I think it is, I think he actually did for a long time. Okay, though. he stuck with it. He used to, he used to DM. If, if it's the same person I'm thinking of, I think probably he used the to same DM person from time to time. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. I think he DM'd you. A little longer than he uh, DM DM'd me. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah whoever yeah. you brother, we just we just clowning you. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. we're just clowning you. You know that was that that was that <laughs> that was a funny moment. But you man. know what? No, it, this is a different person. But you know what? It's so big. It could be anybody. You know, I mean, he's not right. the only person who. Uh, so if you think it's you, it's probably not. But but it probably yeah. it probably is. <laughs> but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, man, um, but, man, but, man. but you know what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode when uh, you were laughing because I'm going to leave that in. I'm just going to explain what that early laugh was. Was uh, I, I'll let you explain. Cause I, I just sent you the link. Yeah. So he sends me this link uh, in one of our chat rooms, and it's a uh, <laughs> okay. You know Nipsey, the rapper Nipsey Hussle that just passed away. Uh, apparently. The rapper, the game is, you know, it's like acting like they were best friends while the guy was alive and whatnot. Now he's starting to get his beard and everything done, just like Nipsey Hussle. He has cornrows, just like Nip used to somebody, wear sometimes. Somebody, somebody called him a single white female to Nipsey. Yeah, yeah. I think we might be dating ourselves with that reference a little bit, though. We got to uh, yeah, yeah, well, white. I mean, I, I'm just saying that's what that's what the that's what the poster said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I, no, I, but uh. Have you heard the other song where, uh, I think I might have sent you this a while ago, but now he's even starting to rap like Nip- Nipsey. Oh, no. Like, uh, because I got into Nipsey a little bit late. Like, I got into him, like, yeah. right before he died. And then I started listening to his whole albums after he died. Like, I was already uh, starting to get into him, but I didn't, like, get into him, like, seriously until, like, uh, after he died. I liked him as a personality, mm-hmm. but, you know, is is yeah. like, I first found out about him in uh, the Straight Outta Compton movie. Like, I heard the name. I always assumed he was going to be bad because I just, this is bad, but I never liked the name Nipsey Hussle. Because I'm yeah. like, why are you going to take Nipsey Russell and turn it to Nipsey Hussle? So... I just right. kind of wrote him off. And then he was on that We Are The World song with Wyclef. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's. And then after I saw him in Straight Outta Compton, I was like, oh, this guy seems okay. Uh, you know, he's he, he like a regular dude. Yeah. So then I started listening to some of his stuff and then I, I liked it. And I was like, oh, I got I to gotta try um, more more of his stuff. You know, it's weird yeah. as I, I got a confession to make mm-hmm. too. I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest Nipsey Hug, like I was the biggest fan. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really into him at first. Like, uh, I heard some of his earlier stuff and I was like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. And then um, I think the first thing that I heard of him that like really hooked me was a song called Only a Case. And that was on, uh, what was the name of that mixtape? Mailbox Money or something like that. Mailbox Money 2 or something like that. One of his mixtapes. I think it was the last one that he actually dropped before the Victory Lap album. And so I heard this song, Only a Case. I said, damn, I like this. Okay. And then he dropped Victory Lap. And then, like, the album, I don't know, man, like, before he passed away, I listened to that album, and it did something to me that, like, I don't think 
a very many albums done, man. Mm-hmm. And like, it just really inspired me to try to push for some other stuff I had going on. Yo, you know I really, like I it, really agree. Like, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I liked that part of him before I heard him rap because when I started liking mm-hmm. him, people were putting up like Instagram type of stuff and. Usually, like, I think a lot of, like, motivational stuff is kind of uh, cheesy. Corny. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But his stuff, especially because he was, like, doing it. He wasn't doing, like, that bad. Right. Like, he wasn't doing that that kind of vague, hotel motivation stuff like Jay-Z. Like, you know, gentrify your block and, like, sudden pipe dreams. He would, he would try to say, like, you know, realistic stuff. Like, you know, get together with your friends and buy a piece of real estate. I'm like, okay, that's, that's the kind mm. of thing, like, you know. Is you know things like mailbox money about you know telling people think about the long term. I'm like okay, this is like nice nice stuff. And then I heard his music, and his music was kind of the same motivational uh, stuff. But I like that he always put his money where his mouth mouth was. You know when it comes to that stuff. And he would give you the he would kind of give you the blueprint, and 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 you could kind of track his rise in real time. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's one of the things that was interesting to me because here is somebody that. You can actually see a lot of the receipts in his own personal life as far as how he started out and then where he eventually climbed to. And so that was like, okay, this is a guy who's really got skin in the game. He's trying to do things the right way. And uh, he's trying to show everybody else how to do it as well. So I kind of admired that part about him. And um, but, you know, he 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 um, he sparked some interesting conversations because that's one of the ongoing debates in our community is how to go about, uh, you know, the liberation of our people, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people don't like the whole bootstraps, uh, the bootstrap side of it. I, I know a lot of people had an issue with Jay-Z talking about gentrify your own neighborhoods and, and this, that, and the third. And then you have the other side of it, which says, you know, we need to change our government structure, implement socialism, all of these types of things. So I find it fascinating some of the conversations that it generated when he, uh, when he got big and then when he eventually passed away. One of the problems I have with the whole um, anti-black capitalism stuff is I feel like everyone has one extreme or the other, where it's like you have to be all in in one camp. And I feel like black people, they can't really afford to just put all their eggs in any uh, one basket. Like, I agree when someone... I agree. I agree when someone says, like, Sunning black capitalism as the solution to everything and just be all about the bootstraps, that's like uh, ridiculous because even white people didn't get their middle class just by hustle. Like That's like a lie like they sell us. But, you know, right. if you look at the book when affirmative action was white and things like that, or you read like the history of how they created the middle class. I mean, <laughs> that book is right in front of me right now. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, in, yeah. in general, like this type of prosperity and this middle class is a very new thing it's only been around like you know uh 70 years or so it's like the new deal combined with uh the post-war time uh boom and everything and that it, post-war time boom was really huge yeah 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 World War Two. yeah yeah white people weren't all living like there used to be a lot of poor white people compared to now i mean there's mm. still like a lot of poor white people but still are yeah yeah but i mean this idea like now people take the idea of a middle class as like an entitlement like there's supposed to be a large middle class but i mean that was mm. never a given for like a lot of uh, American history and stuff. So, so, and a lot of that came from like, you know, the government, like things we take for granted, social security, yeah. um, Medicaid for old people, um, unemployment, like, 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 I think a lot of black people kind of believe the myths that white people sell about themselves. You know, where this idea like, oh, we just did it with our hard work. Uh, why can't you? Like, why do you want welfare? But you know, the GI right. Bill, the, um, 
What's that thing? That, Homestead Act. Yeah, the Homestead Act. Is that the one that let everybody mm-hmm. buy a house after the, the, the? I think that had more to do with land, if oh, I'm not mistaken. The I, I, I know Act. there was something. I forget. I forget what it is, but it allowed everybody to get uh, houses after. Like the whole suburban boom came from a certain mm-hmm. type of thing that happened after the war where everyone came home. And of course, it shut out a lot of black people from a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you the know? vast majority. That's yeah. Right. A lot of guys. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. That actually started, uh, well, every war, blacks were screwed out of uh, every benefit that they were promised. But I remember particularly reading a story about World War One, and there was a... Uh, a man named, uh, remember the Harlem Hellfighters? I don't know if you're familiar with that story. It was a group of black uh, soldiers that were stationed over with the French because the Americans didn't want them with them. So they kind of dumped them off onto the French. And, you know, the French, at, at first, they didn't have any problems with those soldiers. They thought that they were, you know, first first rate soldiers and they gave them medals and commendations and everything like that. Medals of valor, all kinds of stuff, whatever their equivalent is to our highest honors here. And um, I remember reading specifically this guy, uh, Henry, I want to say his last name is Johnson. Um, he fought off, you know, a bunch of German soldiers. He killed a bunch of them and, you know, by himself, basically. And he uh, got all this uh, these accolades from the French. And then when he gets back home, he got part of his foot blown off during the war. He gets back home and gets treated like trash, died broke, mm. you know, and uh, he didn't even get any type of uh, official national recognition. Yeah, oh. He didn't get anything, I think, until Obama mm. became president, you know, and that was a story, that was just one of the most well-known stories. But, yeah, because uh, I actually heard that story. That a lot. I actually heard that particular mm. story. I don't know if it was because of uh, when Obama did it or what. I can't remember what, maybe it might have been you that told me that story. Somebody told me that story about him. It, but it's like, I feel like you have one camp of like these bootstrappers who want to be like, you know, oh, uh, fuck socialism and whatever. And, mm-hmm. and tell you all this stuff about, you know, the Chinese came over and the Asians came over and did this and these people did that. But I mean, yeah, like they have their countries back. In exactly. Them. Exactly. If you yeah. read about like uh, the way a uh, Korea, Korea uh, helped, oh, man. Helped, yeah. helped a lot of um, Korean Americans um, get still a, to this day. Yeah, get mm-hmm. a foothold in the in the black hair market. I didn't know about this. There's a there's mm-hmm. a documentary on YouTube, but I didn't realize like uh, Korea, the government exerted pressure on the American government to uh, help Koreans get this break on importing uh, hair and stuff. And mm-hmm. but a lot of black people in the street would just think, oh, these Korean people hustle harder, but they have extra. Um, you know, breaks, but then there's this other camp. So like, it's like, you have the camp that takes like, you know, capitalism like too seriously and thinks, oh, we can just um, bootstraps our way out of this and fuck using the government. But it's like, no, everyone, even rich people use the government. There's a reason why billionaires want to run for office. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people think, oh, once you got money, you have it made. But you have like billionaires wanting to be mayors and governors and president. Like that shows you there's something in this government game or people always lobbying. Uh, like, this socialism for the rich right now, you're crazy if you think they're not. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, they have, the people who say that don't understand how capitalism works. They don't understand how economics work. Really. Yeah. yeah. And know, that the government. Basic level. Yeah. And that the government and business, like, is you can't, like. Commingle a lot. Exactly. And you, and the real uh, big shots have political influence or use um, politics to their, to their advantage, you know, but there's some other people who think like black people should put all their chips in the government and just be like, like, like for example, and this is what bothers me about these people. This is what bothers me about these people, right? Like remember that black woman who got 
her water sold in uh, Walmart. She got that deal. Mm -hmm. And then all these like black sources were attacking her like water should be free, this and that. It's like, okay, (laughs) water should be free. That's fine. And fight for it. And if it happens, fine. But why are you begrudging this lady that while this capitalism going on, she makes this money? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because in the meantime, it's almost like this attitude that you're supposed to sit there and just not partake in capitalism until socialism comes. But meanwhile, you got to eat. You 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 right. have like, you know, you don't know if your kids are going to be able to eat. You want to pass things down to your kids and your grandkids. Like right now, this is the game we have. And it's uh, capitalism. And, you know, like you can do both. You can like try to make as much money as you can in a world where the chips are stacked against you if you're black, you know. But at the same time, have like no one wants to think of practical kind of solutions i think people just want to have their dogma and then argue online and i think they like the purity test because it takes the onus off of them having to come up with anything viable like like there's this type of armchair activist that like hates electoral politics and every type of electable person they just bash like oh you call that a radical you call that a socialist and it's like okay (laughs) so what are you gonna do he's gonna sit at home and just gripe until you know Che Guevara's uh, reanimated corpse um, comes up and, you, you know, like, you know, like, and, he said Che Guevara's reanimated corpse. But yeah, yeah but that's what a lot of people want. And it's and it's like they I think they do that because they see a lot of their white armchair revolutionary friends talking like that. And, they, and they're learning all these theory from like these uh, cool white people they know. But a lot of these white people, they're going to inherit the parents house. A lot of these white people, mm. they're, you know, you have no idea if in like, you know, 10 years, they're going to cash in their chips and get a job at their parents' company or if they're going to yeah. get get some kind of favor somewhere or inherit some shit. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can't... It's, a lot of people, it, it are, like a lot of people are cosplaying revolutionaries. That's all I'm saying. I think a lot of black people are kind of... They want that front, but they don't really have the clout to back it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, these people, mm, these people yeah. can... Yeah. I'm sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it seems like that's a hard lesson for us to learn no matter what direction you lean in, whether you lean in left socialist or, you, you know, one of these... Everybody needs to start their own business, kind of, you know, hyper-capitalist entrepreneurial types. But in reality, you're selling shea butter and, uh, you know, um, coconut oil or some shit. Yeah, we, yeah. Everybody can't set up a coconut oil website and sell that and make a living for the... That's not a way to boost an economy amongst 40 million people. There's a, you know lot, what I mean? there's like, a lot of magical thinking out there, you know? There's a lot of... But it seems like one lesson that um, seems to be hard to take hold in their community on both sides is that we can't do everything like how they do it. You know what I'm saying? Like everything, they, they try to do the, the socialism thing. Everything has to be tailored through the lens of race with us. But a lot of people, for one reason or another, they tend to skip over that part and try to do it in a one-to-one thing with the way that, you know, white society does it. And it doesn't work like that for us. Yeah, it, it's, I see the appeal of it though. I mean, like, we always get in trouble because people think like bashing socialism or whatever. But like what I'm saying is like you can aim for a lot of these government solutions and, you know, and you should. But at the same time, you have to. I mean, if if somebody's helping black people hustle, because I'm going to tell you this, like a lot of these um, white socialists, like they've gone to college. They're working on their resumes every month they're looking for jobs like they understand that you know hey i'm a socialist in you know theory and i want this to happen and i'm fighting for it to happen but in the meantime i'm in this capitalist world i gotta eat you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like like uh and i feel like a lot of these black socialists i think 
did this weird thing, right? Like with that black lady who uh, was selling the water and they're all getting mad at her. It's like, okay, but there's a lot of white companies that are being successful all the time, selling water, Yo, you there? doing all this shit. Why is it only when the black people have do some things suddenly, you know, and they would say, oh, but, you know, that's different because I expect, you know, white people to do that. But you're not going to get black liberation through uh, selling water. I'm like, did that lady say she was doing this to give black liberation? Like, I said the lady was selling the water and she was like, yeah, this water of mine is going to free everybody. You know, it's going to be black liberation. Because no, she's a lady who's just trying to sell water i think he's, i think he just disappeared so i don't know if you yeah i was gonna say right here. yeah I, I, i'll just back it up i was gonna say about 30 seconds okay I, I was gonna say like one of the problems i have with these people right is like they kind of hold black people to a standard they don't hold white people to a lot of these are kind of black socialist types so what they'll do is they'll make me kind of complain about something like a black person does like that like the black lady who got her um water sold in um walmart you know and they were all like, oh, I don't know if you saw this uh, argument that was happening on like Twitter and stuff, all these uh, black radical and socialist types. I think I types. vaguely remember that. Yeah, a lot of Marxist Leninists and people with, you know, communists in their uh, thing, they were saying stuff like, oh, yeah, this um, water is meant to be free. Nobody should own water and whatever. And they're saying, like, okay, but how much time did you spend day in, day out complaining about the white corporations doing it? It's like, it's like you get, you just kind of, give white people a pass for doing it like oh well what can you do but once a black person does the same thing suddenly mm. this black person is a face i'm like this woman no matter how big you think her company is in the world water selling market she is a fucking drop in the bucket like right. like i'm sure the amount of bottled water that avion makes so the amount of bottled water she makes like avion probably makes like in half a day like She's nothing. Why are you just there just deriding this lady and like hating on her and acting like she should be broke? Like, and then they say things like, oh, but capitalism isn't going to lead to black liberation. I'm like, but this chick didn't never said that. Like, I, I can understand yeah. if she was on TV. She's like, hey, listen, guys, my water company, you know, this is what we need for black liberation. And, you know, fuck socialism, fuck that. Nothing she's doing is stopping you from making socialism happen. Nothing she's doing is like the amount of water she's privatizing is a drop in the bucket like she's just an easy target and also right. you just want there's something about being the manager of other black people that i think appeals to a lot of black people and it's it's a big problem we have and i think a lot of that too also is showing out for like uh white people like they want to show white people look we value socialism over race i think that happens a lot too where people they, they kind of do it for an audience like a silent audience and i think that's mm. what it's for i think a lot of times they want to show I think a lot of black people in movements do do this. They try to do performative things to let well, white white comrades or peers. And it's not socialism only thing. Like a lot of right wingers do this. A lot of black liberals do it for white liberals. But and, and, and you know what I call it? I call it as mad like you, boss. Like 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 that's <laughs> what that uh, phenomenon I call it. Like you know, it's like you want to mm -hmm. let uh, white people know, like, hey, stuff that makes you mad, as mad like you, boss. You know, and and mm -hmm. I'm not only mad at you, like. I'm so mad at you. I'm even mad when black people do it. So I want I want you to see that I'm mad at a black person doing it. So you know that I'm valuing this boss? ideology. Y yep, exactly. We sick boss? You know that uh Malcolm X thing. It's like it's like mm -hmm. that. And and if you can prove that you you're hold a principle even when a um black person does it, then you kind of show I'm loyal to the principle over uh the race, you know? Uh I'll give you I'll give you one last example uh, before I pass it to you. 
there was a guy who was talking about reparations and then there was like a black socialist who was, and it's not the first one, a bunch of them went to me and they were like, yeah, you know, what do you want reparations? You're just helping capitalism. And it's like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you know, they're going to um, get all the reparations money. They're just going to go to corporations because they're going to spend the money. I'm like, so by, so by that logic, should they not have a job? Right. Like, like should they not go to work? Because that paycheck is going to go to capitalism. Because oh, mm-hmm. and, and this is what the person said, uh, one of them, right? But multiple ones of them said this. Uh, the person said, no, we can't give them reparations until we abolish the all the debtors. So, so, so basically, you have to abolish all the debtors. So then when the black people get the money, now the money's not going to these different debtor corporations and stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. those debtors are ruining the credit reports anyway. Those debtors are for are repossessing and forfeiting their property anywhere, garnishing their checks. The and you know, making it hard for them to get like future jobs because they have these judgments on their records and stuff. And and these people's paychecks are going to these debtors um anyway. And none of you are talking about black people should stop getting jobs. Like you're shamming somehow. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're trying to prove, but there's something you're trying to prove. Your your argument makes no sense. I don't know what is going on there. But well, I think it goes back to what you said, what you touched on earlier in the show, man, is getting attached to these things in such a way that you you it's varying um versions of fundamentalism, you know, in each camp, right? So these things become their own religion in a sort of way. And, and so and, and the inconsistencies kind of becomes something that you're supposed to wallpaper over, like like the same way some well, people treat, treat religion. Right, and it's exact, that, that's exactly right. In religion, there's a thing called a, apologetics, right, where you have to come up with these various defenses for, let's say, so-called contradictions in the Bible or um, the problem of evil or something like that, right? It's the job of an apologist to come up with arguments to counter various objections to that faith, right? Oh, and so 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 that's where is that is that where the term apologist comes from? Yeah, it um there's a term in the Bible called it comes from a Greek word apologia. I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation of that, but there's a Greek word called apologia, which means basically you're called to give a defense of your faith. And so um it comes from uh I think it's Second Peter three sixteen or three fifteen, something like that. But anyway, it, you're called to give it to be able to give a defense of your faith, and you see a lot of that happening with these different camps, with these different uh, economic philosophies, and how tightly they hold on to them and try to kind of shoehorn it into everything. And it, it, everything's not going to work for us. That's why I like with I like what Yvette Carnell was saying when we had her on, and she was saying, you know, she likes what was the term that she used for us to be um, nimble. Yes, you know what I'm saying. She said we should all, which is basically saying that we need to remain pragmatic in our approach to these things. And, exactly, uh, we can't be over. We lose that any any one camp. And I say this no, as someone no, no. who's very sympathetic to leftist solutions. Like I'm sympathetic. Same me. Same here. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm sympathetic to leftist solutions. But if I, I were think- forced to choose, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, then that would be the side that I would obviously lean to. But I have some some trust issues with some things that have to be resolved first before I would jump fully into bed with something like that. You know what I, I mean? Like, I feel that way with everything that uh, yeah. I, that we need to jump to bed in because I think the reparations issue has really kind of shown how, you know, there's a lot of problems on the left, like, like the way a lot of them treat it and they divide on it. And because really that is, a, that is some of the stuff, arguments that, that I've seen on the left against reparations, I've left like a really bad taste in my mouth because it kind of shows 
Because first off, the fact that a lot of them treat it like a government program is really disturbs me because it's um it's a debt. It's a it's considered like a debt owed. But they talk about like a government program, you have to administer it. And that type of paternalism against blacks or or this is thing that I think a lot of white people do. And when I see a white person default to that tendency, it kind of um worries me. I, I don't think it's always something that is a sign of some kind of evil, but I think it's, it's a sign of unexamined beliefs about black people. And and that tendency is when a white person acts like anything a black person gets is kind of like a gift, you know? So it's yeah. like uh, whether it's a football player getting his contract or, or LeBron with a basketball, a lot of people are treating LeBron like he's like ungrateful. And it's like, wait, that guy has like once in a lifetime skills. Like, right. Do you know where I think that comes from? I think I might have said this on air before, and it's a scary thought, but I think in the mind, uh, a lot of modern white people, and I don't think this is a consciously articulated thought. I think this is just so in the nether realm of the unconscious because it's such uh, received wisdom and it's such a state of the world for uh, the past couple of hundred years, especially America. Like America is born like this. I think the default mode of black slave dejected downtrodden um, downtrodden such that just not being in chains or being allowed to trade your skills for cash is a you should gift. be grateful right yeah 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 like the fact that you hey you're actually you're not a slave you're not being discriminated against like you just having the equal shot to trade your skills for market value mm. is a gift but only for you it's a gift and and it's and, a gift that Everyone is giving you because even the poor person feels like, hey, I haven't overthrown the government over the fact that you niggas have been allowed to be free. So you owe me, too, because I could be overthrowing this government, <laughs> helping take part of revolution. I'll put you guys back in your place. Because really, honestly, black people have been slaves in America. Was like three, four times as long as they've been, uh, been free. free, I think. Yeah. In, it, quote, it, in it really, quotes. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, if, if you include like the Jim Crow era, too, especially with that. uh and that that era of like quasi freedom and stuff, and you know, it really hasn't been that long. Like, 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 in, and I think in their minds they kind of realize that it's like you know, this is still an experiment. You not being a slave, you know, right? That's like your mm -hmm. default position, you know. So that's why I think that yeah. poor person feels like Kaepernick or LeBron owes them. Like, yeah, it's a, it, that's an interesting thing because their 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 particular skill sets are not looked at as transactional. You know, they're almost looked at as if they're receiving charity for their particular gifts that they have, you know, whereas everybody else yeah. is, is, is just trading a solid transaction. You know? Yeah, but, and, no, but, uh, but even like middle class or whatever black people like, you know, uh, even uh, black people have that mindset, yep, by the way. Yep. No, you know, no, they totally internalize it. Yeah, I saw that tweet from Sam Perkins the other day. I, I tweet, I highlighted that tweet. I retweeted it um, because he was getting on Buddy Hield for asking for one hundred and ten million dollars instead of settling for ninety million. Yeah, it's like I saw you should that. be grateful and uh, you know the players of the past. With you know, I'm like, Dude, come on, man, like really. But in, that's when the main thing black people always tell you, you know, you got a good job. You know, these are an excuse to like be not grateful. do anything. Yeah, be grateful. Don't 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 rock the boat. You know, and it's like no, you, if you went to college, you had the skills. You're supposed to have a decent job. They're not, you know, um, things that like white people are entitled, feel entitled to, are always um, meant even with the same skill set, whatever, to be grateful. And I think like you know, like somebody was once told me it was like. Um, I was talking about how tough it is. Uh, I was talking about, like, you know, being black and stuff. And, like, yeah, you know, you, you talk about that stuff, but you get to go to, like, the fancy coffee place and 
getting like a four dollar coffee and other people like can't i'm like what does how is that like some kind of privilege like like <laughs> like like i make money and i spend it like you know this this idea that like me being able to do that coming from like a blue collar family that uh parents grew up poor it's not the same as like a, a white guy who um you know the parents are paying uh their their rent or whatever or from like generations of college or whatever mm. buying that it, like like it's not it's not the same uh thing like like there's this thing that i think black people always feel they can backslide at any given moment and a lot of times like they yeah. do it, it happens all the time definitely there's always this fear of losing ground yes um, even i think there was an article i mean you talked about this a long time ago where they were discussing how even blacks that make it into the ranks of the upper middle class a lot of times within a generation they fall back below where they were where that you know what i'm saying so while exactly. let's say for example i make oh. it that doesn't guarantee that my son will make my son can end up worse off than or me some people you know? some people even the same generation like like they make it whatever mm -hmm. and they have one one bad firing or one bad um career break and suddenly they're uh fall back below so um even this like there was this it was raj chetty it was in the new york times it was that study that came out we did a show on it and and it was the one that a lot of um, intersectional feminists got mad about because it made black men look a little too sympathetic. Um, mm -hmm. And in that what was one, the, was, what was the gist of it? Really, if you could just summarize it real quick, I can't um, recall. I can't remember fully, but I, it was about social uh, mobility of black people, and it was talking about how I'm gonna try to find it right now. It's called race and economic mobility, I believe. Um, is that the one where it was saying how it, it was black about how men were making less than even the women and all this type of stuff? Black women had it a little bit better than uh Yeah, and it was and it was and it was talking about how um a lot of black men who uh, make six figures and stuff go to uh jail at uh rates that are like on poor like um, poor poor whites. Uh he here we go. Let me see. I'm gonna find I'm gonna try to find a quick here we go. It was in the New York Times, right? But rather than read the whole article, I can um, hold on a second. Rather than read the whole article, I can just pull up a summary on uh, Vox because Vox is good at doing explainers. So I'll try to read it real quick. Um, Black Americans experience dramatically lower upward mobility than white Americans do. A difference that appears to be driven largely by significant economic disadvantages among Black men. This made a lot of um. Uh, black feminists, both male and female, uh, very mad. Like, like even that guy, uh, I think Ibram Zendi, who wrote uh, Stamped by Race. Um, no, Ibram, Ibram X. Kendi, you know, he's a, he's a black male professor. Even he got mad at it because he was saying, oh, it's throwing black oh, women. Oh, okay. Under the yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, he, that. He was saying yeah, it's throwing yeah. black women under the bus. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You're blaming, <laughs> like, like you think black men made their lives worse just to steal attention from, <laughs> from black, black women. Like, basically, he's been saying one of two things either that, uh, the researchers are liars and or that the black men are like, you know, throwing their life chances just so they can get on this study or something. It's, it's just right. weird. But and it was weird because a lot of the people who were coming for that article in the research study, they were saying they were basically saying bootstrap type shit. Like, well, that's because black women work harder and, and, they and, study more and yeah, they, black men are lazy. I was like, yeah. Wow. And these are black guys, people saying it. Yeah. You guys will work well in the Republican Party. Maybe you and Trump aren't so far apart after, after all. all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they don't like Trump. They think Trump uh, caters to black men too much. Ironically, 
Rocky. It's a very weird thing. I'm not really sure how, but, but I've heard There's that. that. That's that religion again, man. Like, yep. you just make it fit whatever, whatever it needs to fit, man. Like, uh, but, it's but I said, uh Black, I'm, I'm going to jump to, like, the uh, part that's relevant to our uh, discussion now. Black and American children born into upper or upper middle class families are nearly as likely to fall to the bottom fifth of the income distribution as to stay in the top fifth. So if you're a black person that's born in the top fifth, 50-50 equally likely to either stay in the top fifth or fall to the bottom fifth. Mm, That's mm, one extreme to the other. uh, You're equally likely to um, do, which is, and that's kind of another reason why I I think a lot of this um, fixing class fixes everything solution is wrong because black people are, are as likely to fall back into the bottom fifth once we're in the top fifth then that means if you get poor whites and poor blacks both of them into the top fifth but there's but this forces make black people fall back to the bottom fifth then that's not really an equal solution to put them both in the top fifth because you know mm-hmm. we, we've established that uh, <clears throat> there's something in society that's pulling black people uh back down you know it, well, it says, yeah oh go ahead go ahead you had a little bit more of it to, um, i just had a thought about it uh it says black men enjoy much less mobility than white men but the gap between black and white women is small so they said that the gap between black men and white men's social mobility very very big but the gap mm-hmm. between black and white women's social mobility is very small and that's the part that kind of really made them mad because the, sim- the simple version of um, intersectionality is supposed to be, hey, just combine identities. And the more oppressed identities you combine, the more oppressed you are. But they said being black and a woman actually helps you with social mobility. At least mobility. in that respect. In that respect, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, this is perhaps the most striking and certainly the most controversial. And it's funny, why did they say that was controversial? It's funny how it's even baked into the assumption of the premises. Even the Box article, you should be neutral. Like, you're kind of saying that you already kind of bought into this premise that black men are supposed to be privileged because mm. why would you say the most controversial, you know? Um, but it says yeah. the most striking is certainly the most controversial finding of the study. Black Americans' disadvantage on mobility relatively relative to whites, the researchers conclude, is entirely driven by a disadvantage between black and white men. So they said basically the difference between black social mobility and white social mobility almost entirely because of the difference between black men and white men, not so much the difference between uh, black women and white women. And just to make sure that people know what this means, they're not saying that black women make as much as white women. What they're saying is the rate of mobility is the same. So, you know, like just to give an example, even if a white woman has like twice the money of a black woman, they both can go on the same upward slope in mobility, you know, as each other. Whereas the black man's social mobility and the black and the white man's social mobility kind of drift in different directions you know like yeah. it's um i don't know verbally that makes sense because i'm looking at a graph but i'm hoping what i said verbally uh makes sense but i mean it has a lot of charts the i don't remember how we even got on that well i, I think that one of the things that i was thinking about was um in our community we we we're still kind of going by the old you know, go to college, get a degree, get that good high paying job, buy a house, right? That's always the formula for us. You know, there's not a lot of emphasis on forming social networks, investing, doing building of wealth. And so I think a lot of times what happens in our community, and this is why you have the Trump, the um, 
the lack of upward mobility is because it's it we we live in an income based mindset. So if I get that job making ninety thousand dollars a year and I could afford to buy a condo, I've made it in my mind, right? But I haven't taken the time to really develop any assets outside of the income. So when I yeah. lose that job and when I lose that ability to produce income, I'm where am I at? You know what I'm saying? And and, and I don't know if that mentality is going to change anytime soon or, you know. And, and I know like uh, for black people, uh, the mortgages tend to be higher percentages of yeah. the income Even with than the, for white yeah. people. Even yeah. when you have the same credit as a white as a white person, yeah. Which, yeah. which if you really think about that, that's fucking insane. Like there's been that, studies. Really there's been studies. There's been studies that show that black people pay more for the same house as white people, but not just that, they get less when they sell it. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that different little invisible race taxes that right. kind of end up um, happening. I remember why I brought up the whole uh, social mobility thing is like this idea that somebody said that you're privileged because you get to buy a cup of coffee, you know, that costs like three or $4. And it's like, that's just the right to spend money on something that I earned. It's not really uh, any type of privilege. And that's, that's, I can like backslide at any given time. And black people like uh, think like that. Like I think irrational thoughts like that all the time. And I say irrational in scare quotes. I don't think that irrational, but like, I look at like homeless people and I think like, shit, you know, you never know. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, I think that you, too. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. Um, I was at a barbershop and this guy came in and his incoherent, shuffling feet, like a uh, black guy was a bum, like muttering to himself and like you know, totally incoherent, couldn't even like put words together. And barber gave him some money. He says, "Hey, you doing okay?" You know, the guy says, rah, 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 rah. You know, he, he just walked off and stuff. And the guy was just totally disheveled and like a mess. And I was like, oh, that's sad. But then the barber was like, man, you won't believe that guy's story. And this other woman's like, yeah, I used to work with him. And I'm sitting there and they were talking about this guy was like, um, work for the city. He was mm-hmm. a sharp, he was a sharp dresser. He was sharp as a tack. He was a mm-hmm. really nice guy, everybody said. And he could like cook his ass off. He'd bring like food for people to try. And, and the guy was like, yeah, the guy, the barber's like, yeah, the guy used to be my customer. Like, you know, 10 mm-hmm. or so years ago, he was a couple years off from retirement, worked for the city. The head of the department was good at his job. And then, you know, he uh, was always dating girls and having a fun life. And he was like a charmer. And, and the lady was working and she goes, yeah, you, you wouldn't believe like, you, you know, he was the top of the department in whatever city agency that they worked in. He was, you know, he had it made. He had to write it out for like another however many years, get his get his city pension, get all those goods, all those city goodies that you get. He just like couldn't keep it together. And then they, they said like, he was already starting to have some kind of stress or anxiety. And then his, his mom died and that mom dying was like the final break. You know, I guess he didn't have a, he didn't have a network. He didn't have a, enough family, anything to fall back on or anyone to take wow. care of him. You know, they said he's dressed to the nines, like sharp. He was really a cool dude. And like the lady was like, I don't even know what to say when I see him. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, and but the crazy part is since I got to the barber, like they always told me, like no one's seen him again since. So mm. he's been a bum for like years, and mm. then now no one even sees him. So now no one even knows Jeez. what happened to him now and stuff. But, 
You know, T, you broke yeah. up a hell of a point, man. I, I, because I know where you're going with it. You, you, you were yeah. going to say you you thought to yourself, like, damn, you never know, right? Like, yeah. you never know what circumstances could come into someone's life that could cause a downward spiral where you end up in that. But, but I mean, I don't, I don't have a big family. I don't have, like, generations of money i don't have yeah. anything beyond me like like you know i can't i can't lean on anybody i lose that's it i don't have anyone to hook me up with some kind of nice job or whatever yeah. it's like so yeah. that's what i thought, I thought it was funny someone saying like hey you're privileged because you get to buy a cup of coffee and you're not in the hood and i'm like yeah. you know you have no idea like you, you stand to inherit a house and do all this stuff mm. Man, that's funny that you brought that story up because I actually, I was at work the other day, man. I pulled up uh, to one of my locations and I was getting ready to start fixing this machine. And there's this homeless guy, you know, disheveled everything. He's in front of the machine. He's dancing and like doing all these weird noises, barking like a dog, just all kinds of stuff. And I, I was getting ready to pull out my phone and record him and then make a funny post on on social media. But then I stopped myself. I said, what the hell am I doing? What's the saying? Ten years, that won't be me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't yeah. think that I would ever. But I don't know what this guy's story is, man. Like, I don't crazier know. things. Crazier things have yeah. happened. I, hey, I'll tell you. I know people in my 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 life, man. That I um, my mom had this lady. She was really good friends with. Um, when I was a kid, they would go out together. She owned her own house. Uh, had a nice car. Everything, man, and. I don't know what happened. She didn't, it wasn't drugs or anything. She just, uh, she lost her mind, man. And you can see her to this day wandering the streets, man, sitting on the bus stop talking to herself. Man, I get afraid of going crazy all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I will tell you one time, somebody, I was hanging out with this lady and she gave me this weed to try. And I tried her weed. And this is her everyday smoking weed. I tried this weed and I almost had a psychotic break. And I'm like, damn, this bitch smokes this shit every day, like, for fun. <laughs> right. I was like, damn. And she was like a high-powered, like, you know, successful lady. Mm-hmm. And, and this shit was so bad. I was like, how am I going to get home? I I don't know what was in that thing. I started realizing, like, you know what? I can't play with my sanity. Like, like, yeah. like, I don't know what this lady has that could make her, like, smoke this and then have a high-powered job and a high-powered life. And she was smart as a whip. But I'm like... I think maybe there's just too much stress in general of being black. Like I don't have that. I don't have to. The, you don't have that luxury. The, the you luxury don't have to just yeah. subject, subject my brain, subject my brain right. to just um, Tort, that low, torture. like that heavy. Yeah. 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 Like maybe the rest of her life is just so nice. She can just twist her brain in a knot for fun. Like, you know, I'm, I'm mm. like, you know what? I think I'm too close <laughs> on the edge 24 seven, just being black. That just yeah. introducing this type of thing, having, having a totally different effect on me. And I, and I, you always and I, hear that. Yeah. No. You always hear that one story about somebody that tried a drug one time and lost their mind. You know what I mean? And they've never been the same again, you know? Oh, oh uh, yeah. I, I, I always had one guy in the hood, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, because not just that, but America being America, you know, like America, we can't do anything. We got to supersize everything. We got to have mm-hmm. a Hummer. We got to have the, the Hummer, you know, like bigger is better. So, now that weed's getting legalized and white people are like the face of weed, like like middle class white people, they're making stronger and stronger weeds. That's when I knew I had to get out of it. Cause I'm yeah, like, they're increasing the anti the uh, the psychotic properties of it. Man, it's crazy. They've made weed so strong that now they have a special name just for weed being normal. Like, like now they call it mids. They, uh, Damn, really? Yeah, yeah. They call it mids now. Like I was talking to some white people. They talking about mids. I'm like, what are mids? They're like, oh, 
that's like weed for when you don't want to be off your ass. I'm like, oh, when I was growing up, that was just weed. Mm. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> right. you used to smoke, you used to smoke weed and try to get it by your day. But now they've made weed so much more potent. Like this, this way, white people in America do everything. Like, mm. like, like I knew these white people that went to um, Jamaica and they were complaining about how bad the weed was. Uh, and they came back and like, I thought Jamaica was land of the weed or whatever. And you know, everything there was whack. <laughs> you look at this whack. And then my Jamaican friend was like. No, like we smoke weed all day long. Like, like we smoke weed, go to work, go to the bank, do whatever. If you're into that, if you're, if you're a dread, like, you know, you want to mm. function. Like, you know, people there aren't just like smoking weed and just sitting on their ass all day watching Netflix. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're smoking, you're smoking weed and then you're going to sell something in the, in the market. You're going to, you know, drive you around. Function, you, right. Yeah. And he's like, it's it's because you're American. You think everything's supposed to be. Bigger, better, faster turbocharged. So yeah, they, they told me about like mids, and I was like, God damn, y'all made a special name just for, for regular weed. For right? weed doesn't explode your brain, like you know. I was like, yeah. and, and, that's the, and that's and so that's why I was like, after I tried this lady's stuff, I was like, you know what? This is that 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 hypercharged bougie weed, and that's my cue to get out of it. I don't need. I've I've been getting up for everything. I don't really drink that much anymore. I can barely drink do any of that stuff i've even been like eating healthier like i lost like about like 15 pounds like i just i gave up like meat again I, it's um uh... but you know it's funny the one thing i can't give up and it's the and all that shit that i told you i gave up i actually like basically enjoyed it like i enjoyed getting drinks when the weed wasn't like psychotic psychosis inducing i enjoyed weed it was you know very relaxing and stuff but i, I don't know why i can't give up social media like i'm way past the point of enjoying it whatever the enjoy the ratio of enjoyment to unenjoyment was I'm way past into the unenjoyment mode. Like Man, that's a real addiction. I feel I you. It, it, it oh, it's definitely real. It, it yeah. used to be something recreational. That's the definition of recreational. You know, something that you do on occasion. You know, when you're relaxing, casual environment, you're going on vacation, whatever. Now it's like an everyday. Wake and bake is like a term now. People get up, wake up, get high. They get high before they go to sleep. It's insane. And that's what kind of, that's what turned me off. Yeah, that's what turned me off, man. I I went to social media. Social media is wake and bake. It's like wake and tweet, you know? Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, it's like, um, if, if you get to the point, man, where like you can't stop to go function at work, like I've seen people turn down. Good paying jobs because they didn't want to stop smoking weed, man. It's, it, it was insane. I, yeah, you know, no, that I that I agree with. But I'm I'm telling you, it's like social media is is an addiction too. Like I've been trying. Oh to yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. like like you say, waking big, but people wake and tweet. Like you know, the first same, thing they do, wake yeah, up. Same. First thing you do is check your social media. Yeah, like I've been doing stuff like putting apps on my phone to block it. I have like two or three good days where I can barely go on. I'll do one day and I'll just be fighting with somebody all day. And <laughs> everyone, I don't know if it's because I have a lot more followers now. So I'm just attracting more assholes or there are more assholes. But there's so many assholes on social media now. It's crazy. Mm. And and right now, like the online left is so full of assholes. The amount of assholes on the left now is so bad. I'm not saying they have a monopoly on it, but I feel like I feel like what happened to the left is probably like what must have happened black people. Like 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 we talked about how when there were white supremacists on Twitter, it used to be like great to be on black Twitter because everyone's up against the black the, the white, white supremacists. White supremacists. And mm. I feel like something must have changed with uh the left because I think there's always like infighting, but now all people do is just want to be nasty. Like that whole podcasting left sphere is so full of like angry fans i've never seen 
fan base is constantly what is it called? Angry. Well, I'm talking about the whole sphere of online left podcasts. Like you know, like, like mm-hmm. basically all all of them. Like like I mean, like Chapel's the biggest one, but there's like a million uh, little ones. There's like a very big long tail. But I'm just talking about those people online who listen to pod. I don't know why the fan base is so nasty, but they're just always nasty and always looking for a reason to like catch somebody in something, you know, and like, like I'll give, I'll give an example. Like I was, um, somebody was putting, and this is something that somebody can disagree with. Like, you know, it's fine, but somebody, uh, quote tweeted a post and it was like, there was like a pole dancing classes for, uh, girls 10 to 16. And they were like, oh, they're making these girls strip and all this like sexiness. And they were like, you know, so then I went on YouTube and like, I wanted to just jump on things by assumption. I want to like do research, right? So I looked and like kids pole dancing, right? They had these different like pole dancing kids champions from around the world, like as young as like nine. And what they were doing is they weren't like popping pussy or twerking stuff. (laughs) Like, like, you know, they weren't taking off their clothes. Like, like, like they were doing shit. Like, do you know what air walking is? Uh, Um, Okay. Do you know what a human flag is? No. Um, A human flag is like, say you're on a pole, right? And you grab the pole with both hands and you do a vertical, is it a vertical or horizontal, a horizontal hold where your body parallel to the ground, just using your two arms to suspend you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen that. And then the air walk, when you do the vertical hold and then you move your feet like you're walking. So you're basically walking on air just by holding your hands onto the pole. Like, um, actually, you know what? I forgot. I can just send you an example. Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a link so you can see what it looks like. If you actually, this this is what I'll do. No, I know. I know. I know what you what you're talking about. I was. That's why I hesitated when you asked me the question because I was visualizing it in my head what it was. But I know what you're. But you know what? I, I just sent you a link right now, so so you can look at it like while I'm. Uh, you can look at it while I'm talking. But what the kid is doing, like, it's not really any different than, like, lyrical dance. If you ever look at, like, lyrical dance, that's where the kids do all these splits and they hold they hold their leg behind their head. and do all, It's just basically lyrical dance, but with a pole involved. But then, like, all these people were like, yeah, but, you know, uh, I don't want old men throwing daughters at, you know, kids. And I was like, no, the, these kids aren't in strip clubs, like, twerking. Like, because to me, I'm like, you're throwing your own weird sexualization onto mm. the kids like you know like right. well it is but, associated with you know yeah sensuality no. and stuff that's what we yeah. usually associate with yeah it's totally it's totally associated with it for sure and that's the mm. thing but the assumption that even without even looking at what it is that they're going to be doing that like i'm with anybody if they say and this is true you show me the pole dancing and what they're doing is like gyrating or acting right, seductive right. or popping the pussy. I'll be the first person to say, don't let kids do that. But you know, mm. like sight unseen, unless you see it, it could be like this shit that's that I sent you with a nine-year-old Ukrainian where they're right. just doing air walks and and human flags and you know, all these different types of static all different types of static holds, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I was just saying that, you know, that's fine. And yeah, then, see, this is nice. I, I can see, I, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, you and, see the video, right? Yeah, I would never have associated it with, honest to goodness, man. Like when I, I would have been those people that you're talking about <laughs> when they no, said no. kids pole dancing. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very, um, 
athletic. It's, it's not like the stripper, but I'm like, at least look at what it is before you start saying, because to me, it's not like purity ball bullshit where you start, mm-hmm. you know, those dads who just are obsessed with their like daughter's sexuality. And it's like, yeah, it's weird. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this it's is weird. the same thing. Like you having this idea that just your daughter touching a pole and it's like a gateway drug to stripping. Like, you know what I mean? It's right. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good